Welcome back to the Maxwell High School podcast. Uh, today I've got with me a staff member that lots of people won't know, but I think plays a really important role in our school community. Uh, I've got Brooke with us. How are you, Brooke? Great, thanks. Uh, Brooke, your role at school is as a school counsellor. And I'm not sure that many people really understand uh, what a school counsellor does. And so to, today I wanted to explore with you kind of your role, um, how that role might have been evolving and changing in schools over recent times, uh, the kinds of things that you can do with kids and how uh, you might be able to help them. I, I'm going to start out by saying that I kind of have a sense, having having been in a teaching role for, I don't know, maybe 20 years, Mm -hmm. a bit more than that actually, I shouldn't think it like that, but it seems to me that the role of a school counsellor over those 20 years has become uh, much more important and I'm going to say much busier than perhaps it ever was. So I guess that's why I thought that it was really important for um, our community to get to know you and what you do a little better because uh, th- I think it's sort of shrouded in mystery a little bit. So firstly, do you agree with my statement that, you know, your job and the job of the school counsellor is getting busier over time? I would s- probably yes and no, Pete. So I think that um, people have always had difficulties but mm. maybe uh, we're just a little bit more honest about how things affect us now. Um, we're a bit more open. We've got more... Uh, channels that we can um, rely on and more mm. people we can talk to. So, for example, when we were at school, you just talk to the people directly with you every day or maybe on your parents' phone yeah. in the lounge room. So, so do you think then my asset, my assertion that, you know, school counselling uh, services perhaps getting busier is not so much true as uh, it's one of those things that's maybe uh, more out in the open now and more, and I guess, in that sense, more accepted as as a mainstream role of a school. Yep, I would agree with that. Okay, cool. Okay, so let's cut to the chase then. Um, Really, what's the role of a school counsellor in in the school community? So school counsellors get an allocation um, from district office. So uh, they decide uh, how many schools we cover, how many days we work. So none of the schools in our local area have a full-time counsellor. We're not big enough for that. So it's based on student need and... Population. So you're here at Maxwell High School. I'm only here one day a week, okay. but there's another counsellor, Chris, who's here three days a week. So okay. between the two of us, there's someone here four days a week. Okay. Um, so I cover two other schools as well. Yep. Um, lots of yeah, no counsellors just cover one school. We all spread ourselves around from primary school, high school, mm. even preschool. We have to visit sometimes oh, for okay. observations and if our kindergarten student is transitioning in. Um, so the school counselling job. It's basically two prongs. So counselling is one side of it. Assessment is the other side of it. Mm-hmm. So all school counsellors have a psychology degree right. um, and a teaching degree. Okay. So I came in with my teaching degree first um, and then retrained, uh, did my psych degree and here I am now. There's also school psychologists, which um, they just have a psychology degree, not the teaching degree. Right. Okay, and they, they fill a different role in a school or exactly, a similar... Exactly the same role. Okay, right uh, They're on a different award though, so they have different holidays. Oh, okay, right yeah. So um, really, what are you seeing kids for? Why, why are students coming to see you? What 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 do you... Is there, is there a bread and butter uh, reason why kids are seeing you? So we, we see a lot of um, students with anxiety. Mm. So in our world, there's lots of triggers for um, yep. that can trigger people's anxiety. So we like to think of it as... Um, it's kind of like having asthma. So 
you might have asthma your whole life, but it may uh, there may not be the triggers in the environment or the world or your life at that moment that it's a worry. Yeah. Um, so anxiety is the same. There could be triggers that um, make someone feel anxious and they can come out of the blue just like asthma triggers. Um, but the good news is, like asthma, that there's there's very effective treatments. Yeah, right. Everything can be okay and then all of a sudden something can happen yep. in uh, a student's situational life. Yep. That and or in their own brain. You can yeah. get memories of things that have happened in the past or worries about things that are going to happen in the future. And, and so that triggers them um, uh, to become very anxious mm-hmm. uh, or concerned about life in general. Yep. And that's when they would come and see you? Yes, so uh, that could be an option. They might um, ideally talk to people in their life first, mm-hmm. talk to their parents, their yep. friends. Um, but, yeah, we're always here, so... Um, do you want to talk about the referral process later? Well, or? no. Look, I think I think that's a good idea. Yeah. Uh, so, so um, you know, if something's happened at home mm-hmm. and and uh, parents or carers um, are aware that there's been an issue at home, yep. Um, and and they see a change in their student, is is there something that that parents could kind of look for that might say to them, well, um, you know, they can tell little Sally or little Jimmy to mm-hmm. to say, look, you know, maybe you should go and speak to the school counsellor. Like, what what sort of triggers might might a parent or a carer look for? So the main thing would be is if the difficulty is affecting parts of their life. So if they're having trouble sleeping, if they're not eating, if mm. they're withdrawing. So th- things like that are red flags. And and how how could a if, if a parent sees that happening to their mm-hmm. teenager, um, or primary school, or I guess if primary school kids could be yeah absolutely parents could be listening to yep. this as well. Yep. Um, so if a parent sees these kinds of things happening to their to their child, yep. um, what's you know. It, should this be something that's uh, parent-driven or should this be something, you know, in terms of going and seeing a counsellor, is it something that really should be driven by um, the student? It, well, it can be either, honestly, and mm. we, we get both all the time. Right. So, I mean, ideally, go back in time and make sure that you're having those conversations with your kids early. So I, I say to parents all the time that um, the car is a really good chance to have a conversation yep. because you're not face-to-face, you're not eyeballing each other. It's a really good time to... Pretend you're looking out the window, but you're actually yep. talking about the big issues. It's so hard to escape. Yes, it is hard to escape. Um, so, yeah, as far as referrals, we do get some from parents. Um, a lot of high schoolers self-refer. Right. Um, we also get a lot of referrals from our learning support meetings, which is where um, teachers will um, talk about a difficulty with a student and it goes through the channels of the school. Right. Check in with year advisor, check in with um, their teachers, and if none of those things are helping, then they can come and see us. Right, so... so um, let's have a hypothetical for a second. Yep. You know, um, we'll talk about a student that that uh, at home has displayed some of the things that you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, obviously there might have been some life change. They come and see you mm-hmm. or or Chris, the other counsellor, yep. um, and and they're very anxious about something that's going on in their lives. How do you equip them, and what sort of mm-hmm. tools do you give the students, and and what kind of pathways can can you take then when you're working with students? So the first thing that we talk about with students is confidentiality. Mm -hmm. So there's a big difference um, between school counsellors and teachers in that we're bound by confidentiality. We're always very clear that there are limits to that. So if the student's at risk of harm from themselves or someone else or... Well, you're um, you're like, I'm sorry to cut you off, but like teachers, you guys would be mandatory reporters. We are mandatory reporters. So if there are certain things that a a student mentions to a teacher or to you... Um, you know, teachers and counsellors are obligated by law yes. to, report to report that, that forward. Yep. So there are. are situations like that that would 
uh, sidestep what you would consider patient-client confidentiality? Yes, That's what absolutely. We'd call it? And we make that very clear at the beginning. So in, we, ha- we keep case notes uh, for all our yep. visits, which are in, in the lock filing cabinet in our office. Counselors are the only ones that have the keys. Mm-hmm. Um, and in that, we write confidentiality limits explained yep. and understood. And if you're not completely sure that someone understands, you get them to repeat it back to you okay. to make sure that in their own words they understand. Yep. Um, if we do have to make a report or we are concerned about someone's safety, we'll always tell them, listen, I'm really concerned about yep. what you've told me. I'm going to have to let... You know, person ABC no, mm. um, and generally they they're just relieved. Yeah, they, I haven't had anyone say no, no, don't tell them. They just yeah. they're relieved that someone knows and that they can get help. Yep. Um, okay. So, so yep. So you've done the confidentiality. Yes, thing. we've done that. Yep. Okay. So, so something like anxiety. Yep. So psychoeducation is really powerful. Sounds oh, like blimey. a big mum, yeah, mumbo jumbo yeah, word. And, and heaven help us if we have to spell it. Yeah, it's basically explaining what anxiety is, or what depression is, yep. or what autism is. Um, breaking it down into um, what it, what the disorder looks like, what it might feel like, what's actually happening in your body because we bandy around all these words yeah. all the time but people don't really understand what it means. I'm going to come and ask you about like, y- you know, in a situation like this where someone, uh, you know, is feeling anxious about their situation, mm-hmm. is knowledge power in terms of Absolutely. Under- yeah, understanding what's going on with their yep. mind, is yep. that often... Uh, bring about uh, for Clarity. one of yeah. Well, I want to say I, I was going to use the term self curing. I mean, does that is that often enough to trigger the person to yep. be able to? Psychoeducation is really oh, powerful. Oh, okay, I understand what's going on now. Yep. Um, oh, I can manage this. Yeah, and, and off they go with with better management and ideally, and but yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. That, of course, that that forms part of it. Yeah, yeah, right. So we'll break it down exactly. Okay. So some someone comes to me. Um, feeling depressed mm-hmm. so we'll break it down into yep. the environmental factors yep. that might be doing it and then also explain the biological and chemical things that may be going okay. on in their brain Radio. um and you know there's lots of things that we can't control yeah so then we talk about our triggers and um how to minimize those triggers and awareness of what's happening in your body right. when these things happen and i mean these generally aren't the conversations that people have in real life so the no. fact that it's one-on-one they know it's confidential um, this is going to sound really disgusting, but sometimes counselling feels like popping a zit. So they just come <laughs> in and go blah, 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 blah and offload and they leave and they feel a hundred times better because they know that no one's going to say anything. I think the process, we might use the proper term rather than popping a zit. <laughs> it, it, it might be cathartic. It might be cathartic. Popping a zit works well with teenagers. <laughs> they, they get that analogy. Yeah, well, who wouldn't? Yeah. Um, so, right. So, um, so if, if you've gone through that process um, and uh, students can get, management of their situation mm-hmm. um that that's a fantastic outcome mm. i guess sometimes though that you you would go through that process and 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 the result wouldn't be a management of the situation with the student or the right. family w- what what tools do you have then in your toolbox to yep. assist um, students and so young people we use a lot of e-mental health resources so there's some fantastic um resources that mm-hmm. are, are program based so you work through a unit a week yep. so we can do that on the computer with the students um, sometimes it's as simple as um, talking to one of the head teachers and possibly getting them moved out of a class if okay. that's a big trigger for noise right. or light or um, other students. So sometimes we can help with practical things like that. Um, if we're so sh- counselling service is supposed to be short term counselling, yep. so um, only a few terms. If it looks like um, the student needs more help than that, we can refer out. So yep. we might refer to someone like Headspace or. Um, an external social worker, mental health social worker, um, right. one of the mental health nurses. So you 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 would work 
quite closely with a lot of these external bodies yes, and organisations. Yes, we do. Yep, and they're yep. more than happy to um, to come into school. And yeah, there's a lot, lots of things. Okay. That we can do. Okay, so we'd like more of those. Yeah, oh, <laughs> yeah. I, you know, uh, one of the things, and 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 I do want to talk talk about the COVID related issues mm-hmm. that that you might have had, but but you, you one of the things that's come out of that is. Um, Maybe a new or or a, a refocus on on mental health, and you we've yep. heard the prime minister talking about you know putting resources into mental health because uh, this whole situation um, has you know been anxiety driven in a, in a lot of ways, and and so um, you can you can see that that um, you know there is a sense that I guess the people that hold the purse strings are loosening them in areas of mental yep. health support and things like that which is it's a shame it took something like this for that to happen yeah p- potentially yeah mm. but um it, nonetheless it's good to see it some movement in that direction yep. i guess and it's a leveler it just shows that everyone no matter who you are can can encounter difficulties yeah yeah i i i, I agree it's mm. it's um yeah some some of these things catch you unawares and the next thing you know you you find yourself needing help yeah um I, I mean, we've we've spoken about anxiety, mm-hmm. uh, and I and I heard you mention depression. Mm-hmm. So, really, I guess for um, you know for our listeners, I'm just wondering what are the main. You, obviously, anxiety be a big one, and mm-hmm. and depression would be another big one. Yep. Are there are there other other issues that young people are speaking to you about that you know that you that kind of fit a a mold? Uh, Yes, so home difficulties are Mm -hmm. hard if there's been a separation. Um, We see a lot of students there. If there's been a breakdown of communication between parents and and students. Um, Autism is another big one. So so a a lot of kids are really highly supported in primary school. And um, then when they come into high school and they've got to go to different classes and things can change. So we um, see a lot of uh, students with autism that need extra help or students with... um, where there's a suspicion of autism, so yep. we may have to do some assessments or okay, um, yeah. Uh, I think, I think in my schooling, the only thing that I think I had any involvement with the school counsellor was pertaining to an IQ test. Yes, an intelligence test. Yes, I, I, I still to this day. Did you blitz it? Oh, undoubtedly, <laughs> um, <laughs> I d- I don't know the results, but <laughs> undoubtedly, yeah. Um, so you know, uh, is is that sort of that sort of testing is still something that school counsellors do? Yep. So that was what I was talking about before with counselling being one prong of the work and yep. then assessment being the other. So there's lots of assessments around. So cognitive assessment being one of them. So are you looking and, and you know, this shows my displays, my ignorance really about your role in the school. Yep. But, but are you looking for uh, identifying students that are both gifted uh, as well as students that may need support? Yes, absolutely. Yep. Right. Yep. Probably... More the students that need support. Yeah. Um, so we can do um, an IQ test from preschool. Yeah. So there's a – we probably do more in primary school than high school. Right, okay. Um, so, for example, if a student is struggling to learn to read mm-hmm. um, and they've tried lots of other interventions in primary school, um, they may request an IQ test um, yep. for the student. You, they can only have one every two years, though, so we've got right. to be really careful that their file is, is – Manage really well, and we're we're sure that they haven't had one in the last two years. Right, all over that. Yeah. Um, can I ask? You know, because I, I'm thinking as a parent, mm-hmm. um, if my uh, if my child was seeing the school counsellor, mm-hmm. is there any role for school counsellors in terms of families and parents? Um, do you meet with 
uh, parents as well as students or do you speak with parents and carers um, yep. as well as the students? I do. I speak with them more on the phone. So mm-hmm. I've uh, spoken to a mum this morning actually. Right, okay. Um, so and a lot of parents will have my email address and let me know if okay. there's a new um, letter from a paediatrician or a doctor or a new recommendation. So that's another branch of our referrals actually. We get a lot of paediatrician yep. letters that say please administer an IQ test for this student mm-hmm. um, and that's something that we take into consideration. But, it, but not you're not not really a family counselling service. No, but we can refer out to um, okay. to family referral okay. service or interrelate or so one if that can if, help. if if parents felt that the whole family was in a bit of a crisis yep. situation, um, they could contact you yep. and you can redirect. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, and yep. give them advice on what direction to go yep. to get assistance Definitely. for the whole family, especially if we're seeing issues at school. That's yeah. Yep. So okay. Um, yeah, it's always that. Pivoting around the school scenario mm. that you you are involved with. Yes, definitely. Okay, cool. Yep. All right. Well, look, um, y- you know, I've certainly learned some things about what school counsellors do, mm-hmm. and as I said, I've been in schools for a quite a while, um, and we've touched on the impacts of COVID in terms of mental health. But but in your role, um, like you are seeing students, you know, constantly. Mm-hmm. Um, how does how does the counselling role uh, shift or how did it shift in in uh, the terms of the lockdown? Yep. And 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 I guess in that time that we've already said was really highly stressful. Um, how does that? How did that kind of or how do you feel that that kind of affected your your client base? So it was a massive effect, um, same as everyone else. Mm-hmm. Um, so we uh, school counselling service continued coming to school. So mm-hmm. it's just a lot easier when you've you've got your big filing cabinet of files. Yep. Um, to work from school. So uh, I was seeing some students at school, but most of them I was doing phone calls with. Yep. Um, the school counselling service also um, trialled some new software so we could do video counselling oh, okay. with students. Um, so that was another option. What software was that? Um, uh, Cove, CoveView, which Cove I thought View. was based on COVID, but apparently it's C-O-V-I-U. Okay, so view. yeah. You can actually – so when <laughs> I talked about – That's an unfortunate name in a lot yes, of ways. Yes, it is. Yeah, it fits, fits well. So when I was talking about assessments before, so uh, behaviour assessments or um, self-reports for lots of different um, disorders, we can um, administer those. And with mm. that co-view, co- okay. we can put it up on the shared screen and the student can fill out okay. uh, so their part of the thing it live. It's like a bit like a, a secure... Yes, it is. Yep. So it doesn't get recorded. Okay. It's just for the for the face-to-face. Yeah. Uh, radio. Um, so you were you were essentially just as busy. Yeah, I was. Yeah, probably even but busier. <laughs> yeah, right. But just not seeing not, students face to face. Yeah. So uh, and also teachers. There are a lot of we, we say wobbly in the as counselors. <laughs> there was a lot of wobbly people around. So oh, I'm definitely wobbly. A lot of wobbly even, teachers. Even now, I'm still wobbly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's been it's been a massive change. And yeah. then having the stress of um, homeschooling your own child on top of it as well. Everyone yeah. was dealing with that too. Um, that was a big stress. I'm going to come back to that point. You're saying that teachers were wobbly. Yep. Do school counsellors see teachers? Not as clients. We, right. They may talk to us in the staff room or yeah, yeah, go right by yeah. or whatever, but yeah, no, we, we, can, we can refer them out to someone else <laughs> that can help them. <laughs> who, um, do so who, who do I need to go and see, Brooke, quick? <laughs> yeah, we'll talk about it after. <laughs> uh, so generally the students that were struggling a bit at school before um, – uh, were, were affected by it, of yep. course, but then we've also seen a whole new group that um, that are, are struggling since. Would and you it's, it was quite fascinating, actually, when I would call some of the students, um, not just from this school, from other schools as well, 
they would say, uh, call them at home and see how they were doing, they'd say, I'm actually fine. Yeah. Like I don't have the stress of walking into a classroom and having people look at and, me. And I don't so have yeah, the stress of having to be somewhere at a specific time, which I was happy about at the time, uh, but I was also very conscious of the fact that we have to help these students get back. Mm. It's very comfy at home in your Ugg boots with no yeah, pressure. Yeah, that's right. Being but at school is very different. Yeah, so it's, it's, it's interesting to see that because a lot of the students that – um, you know, I've spoken to in the in this podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of them have expressed uh, anxiety over um, over over the potential for um, the disease to get into their family, mm. uh, or the anxiety that they're having over how much work do they do, and yes. you know, not managing their work so well, and wanting to come back to school either to see their friends and things like that. Yeah. It's interesting that they're the anxieties that that people have expressed to me, but and yet, but some of the people. Uh, who might see you are uh, expressing kind of the reverse mm. in that they're so feeling much off. more comfortable. Yep. Yeah, the pressure of yep. of the of the school life is obviously impacts different people differently. Yep. So, and I think the re- the fact that also that the information was changing so rapidly. Mm. Right, you know, there was a point where every day <laughs> there was new information, and right. we couldn't prepare students for coming back one day to w- one day a week, and then two days a week, yep. and that kind of yep. all went out. I got, I got to say, in the end, I stopped watching the news because yeah. you just get lost in what was yep. going on, yep. and it's a good strategy. Yeah, yeah, and yep. often, often there was more trouble trying to decipher what was happening yep. than you can be too informed. Yeah, just rocking along and saying, right, okay, I'm going to wash my hands a lot yep. and not get too close to anybody. Yeah, and it's not like all of that has gone away. Now we're back. No, it's still, it's still there. Well, technically, it's still there, but. Yep. I, it seems like a lot of operations are going on where it doesn't mm. seem like it's anyway, Sorry. but it doesn't matter. Um, we'll sort it out, I'm sure. Yep. Okay, so um, I, I'm interested now to know a little bit about your journey. So you you said earlier you're a teacher. So, mm-hmm. but but people's people's paths to where they are at any given point in time can mm. be varied and and delightfully entertaining from time to time. <laughs> but but so like. Um, what's been your background and what's brought you to where you are now? Mm-hmm. And, and I guess at some point I do want to find out what inspired you to take up a psych degree and mm. become a school counsellor. So where did Brooke start? So I was one of those kids that wanted to be a teacher from I think probably year two was the earliest I remember. Wow. We need yep. more of those. Yeah. <laughs> well, Primary, it set me up beautifully. Excellent. Uh, so, yeah, I just went straight from the HSC to uni to into a teaching degree. So I started that. I got the call the day that I turned 18. So off I went, um, did my four years teaching and then just went straight back to school. <laughs> so where did you go to? Where um, Well, we can ask what university you went to because it's interesting for yep, me. Yeah, so I went to Southern Cross at Lismore. Okay. And so which where, when you finish your degree, where did yep. you start teaching? So I was working at Coffs Primary. So during mm-hmm. that time, that was around uh, 2004, a lot of the um, refugees from Africa were coming to mm-hmm. Coffs Harbour, so from Burundi, from yep. Sudan. Right. So I got a job as an ESL teacher, English as a Second Language. Okay. It's called E-A-L-D, English yep. as an Additional Language or Dialect. Yep. Yeah. The department loves acronyms. And they love changing them. They do, yes. So that's what my first role um, was, which I really loved it. So the students that I would teach um, came with no English at all. Uh, okay, that's so a challenge. Yes, by, but by term two, I would notice them say words like nine and five and I'd think, oh my gosh, that's what I sound like to see <laughs> they're parroting what I'm saying. Uh, so that was really fun. I got to teach them about Australian animals and... Um, you know, food, 
colours, numbers. It was amazing. And to see them um, bloom, I mean, those kids would be in their 20s now, yeah. I would imagine, um, was was wonderful, yeah. Okay, so um, how long did you stay as a primary school teacher? Uh, so about 14 years, mm-hmm. yep. So, uh, okay. no, 13 years, so 2017. Okay, oh, no. so... Yeah, I don't know. No, time flies. They're about, yeah. So... so um, Okay, so there must have been a point at which you were teaching yep. and you said to yourself, um, I can do more, I can offer yep. more. So what, what, was, what inspired you to take up so further education? When I first did my teaching degree, I remember seeing all these people doing arts or science or whatever and thinking they had all these options and I thought, oh, I'll just be a primary school teacher, which is fine. I was, but I just remember thinking, oh, Very I Very honourable career path. It, it is, absolutely, but I, I just saw that these other careers had maybe more scope for for difference but I didn't realise until I got into it how how many things you can do so I did Mm. the ESL work I did some learning support work I was on class for years and years and years um, and then I moved into an assistant principal role assistant principal learning support which was fantastic so Mm. overseeing the schools in Kempsey with their uh, helping their learning support teachers and um, kids higher up the rung of needs so within that role I got to do a lot Uh, I got I got to the point where I would just felt like I was Planning, teaching, assessing, reporting, planning, teaching, assessing, yep. reporting. And then it came a little bit repetitive. It did come, you know, Easter Hat Parade comes around again and then yep. presentation comes again, yep. you know. Yep. So I feel like I kind of lost my passion for it a little bit, lost my spark. So I started thinking about uh, other things that I could do. I love uh, working for the Department of Education. And I love being around kids, but I needed more of a challenge. So I was talking to um, the senior psychologist education. So within the counselling service, what? The principal is our boss and then we also have a senior psychologist who oversees the counsellors. So talking to her and thinking about what I could do. I was thinking of applying for a job as a uh, teacher at the jail yep. in Kempsey and then she said, you'd be a really good school counsellor. And I said, well, what would I have to do for that? And she said, you'd have to go back and do a psych degree. And I thought, oh, no, no, no. And then <laughs> the more I thought about it, I thought, oh, I'll give it a go. And it turns out that when you go back to uni as an adult – you actually get really good marks. <laughs> <laughs> I did a lot better the second time around than, than the first time around when I was 18, that's Well, you for know sure. more, don't you? You do know more, yeah. And um, and I was really clear about what I wanted the path to be as well. Mm. Yep. Okay. Yeah. So that's what that's what brought you to being a school counsellor? Yeah, so I Maxwell did all that online. So my first degree I did okay. it face-to-face. Yep. Second one I did it online. And I had, was a, had a baby in the middle of it oh, as blind. well. Okay, was, was that a tough ask to do online learning? I actually really loved it. So yep. because everything is recorded, you can really work it around your life. So yep. if you've only got, you know, 20 minutes while the dinner's in the oven, you just watch a 20-minute lecture, pause it, and it remembers where you're up to. Going. Put the kids yeah, in bed, okay. come back to it afterwards. So I thought of that as, as just another job for me, and I found it really helpful to break it down. So yep. I do a little bit of time reading my textbook, a little bit of time watching a lecture, a little bit of time writing an assessment, and it kind of felt in my head like it was three different different things and yeah, I could move yeah. from one to the other without feeling too bogged down by it. And I, I think the flexibility and that, you know, it's interesting as an adult, uh, you're saying the flexibility is what you liked about the remote yes. learning. And, and you know, our kids that I've spoken to, our students have been very split. Mm-hmm. Some of them have, have loved the freedom mm. and loved being able to self-pace and then others conversely just love the structure yeah uh, and uh, and it could be horses for courses but mm. it's interesting to s- hear what you're saying you know uh, is reflected in some of our young people as well in terms of they like the the uh, freedom and flexibility in in their learning yeah um, and i guess you don't know until you do it no what, that's true yeah. Be, yeah 
I, I sort of think of the idea of a, a bit of horror. Yeah. <laughs> so, so when I finished my psych degree, um, I applied for a school counsellor sponsorship program. So it's a really fantastic program that the department runs in conjunction with the University of Wollongong. Yep. So you work for two years. So you, uh, you work three days in a school mm-hmm. and you get two study days a week yep. because they put you through a postgrad um, yep. uni degree as well. So I'm nearly finished that. I've got six months to go. So for the first year of my training, so all of 2019, I was with a supervisor watching, learning. Yep. Um, so you don't just get the paper and then they they cut you off the no. let you off the chain and away no. you go. The psych degree is only the beginning. Yeah. Um, yeah. So then you work with the supervisor, you learn lots of stuff, and then you start to go out on your own more. Okay. So yep. Wow. Fan. Yeah. So it's a, it's quite an involved process to yeah. to get the, uh, you know, I guess it's reassuring. This is what I guess what, that's where I'm coming from. It's mm-hmm. reassuring that if uh, you know, as a parent, if my kids were speaking to the school counsellor. It isn't some, you know, yeah. Johnny come lately yeah. having a bit of a practice run yes, with somebody's someone, kids. Yeah, the training um, is fantastic. Yeah, yeah, so there's a lot of depth yep. and, and a lot of time is involved yep. before you can tick the box and, and um, take the L plates off and go Absolutely. Al- go like alone. the cognitive assessments we were talking about before, mm. the IQ test, we get significant training in that. Yep. Lots of watching, lots of practice, lots of learning about the ins and outs yep. of it. We practice scoring them hundred times before we yeah. actually administer them. Okay. And then we have to be uh, observed uh, doing three of them and then signed off. Right. Look, Brooke, Brooke it's, been, it's been awesome to speak with you. Um, a great journey to yeah. get where you are. Oh, yeah, it's been fantastic. And this is just the beginning. So yeah, yeah, that's after right. After this, I'll do my psychology registration and become oh, okay. a registered psychologist. Oh, right, yeah. And then pull the pin on schools and no. go into private practice? No, I'll stick with, <laughs> I'll stick with schools, yeah. I'm glad to hear that. As long that. as they'll have me. <laughs> I think we'll have you for a while yeah, if we cool. can. That'd be great. Um, but it's been it's it's great talking to you about what you do, um, and it's been good to hear how um, you know. I suppose good to hear how you've been affected by the COVID stuff mm. and what's going on there. But but it's I think um, I hope people take away uh, the role that school counsellors play, and I yep. think it's a Im- very important role in schools because you know. They're Kids are anxious. Young people are anxious. Yeah. Um, young people are depressed. Young people uh, have, um, you know, they have mental health issues mm. that that they need to be able to offload yep. uh, in in a safe environment. And a safe environment's not always home. To be fair, mm. so um, it is great that that you're here, um, and it's great to learn what you do, mm. uh, even in a more fuller sense. And yep. um, I want to thank you very much for coming along and speaking with us. Thank you. And uh, we hope that you enjoy uh, these chats that we have with members of our school community. And uh, we hope you're able to join us again uh, next week uh, for our next podcast.